1: Huh. All right, now. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside
0: Sports with Bree Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Champs.
1: Johnny Manziel will start at quarterback for Montreal against Hamilton on Friday. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have not named their starting quarterback for the game coming up against the Edmonton Eskimos on Thursday. It is Kevin who sent in the very clever Tang text earlier. Kevin, thank you for texting in for your well-deserved acknowledgement. You can also call 7804960063. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S. As I often say, Wilkins like Dominique, no relation.
2: That was Hilroy that made the Duotang, wasn't
1: it? I think it was Hilroy. The company? Yeah. I think it was. It's been a while since I've been in school, but there we go. Kellen, of all my useless trivial knowledge, I I just added more, didn't I? The makers of Duotangs uh, is something I never stored. Now I can picture that on a Scribbler, though. I had a lot
2: (laughs) of both, actually.
1: All right. Uh, Really looking forward to catching up with our next guest. His name is uh, Dave Proctor. And to get this one rolling, I actually want to play a clip from about two months ago, late May, when uh, Dave was on the show the first time. Now, we'll we'll get Dave to recap everything. But basically, he was going to run across the country quicker than anybody else to uh, raise money to uh, fight rare diseases his son Sam has a rare disease and uh, last time he was on the show Dave gave this very emotional answer about Sam
0: My son Sam is is the coolest man I know he's 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 a pretty he's a pretty rad dude uh, he's nine years old. Um, he's he's a troublemaking kid who likes to. Uh, to he's gotten his, he's gotten gotten his way with the girls in the last year. I don't know what's going on there, but he um, yeah he's also got a rare disease. And so um, about a year ago, we end up getting a diagnosis for my son Sam, and it took us over six years to get that diagnosis. Um, so that's really six years of not knowing what was what was going on with him, and we end up getting a diagnosis of a very, very old, very rare disease called relapsing encephalopathy with cerebellar ataxia. It's a it's, it's a long, long name. We call it RECA, and what that basically means is he's got a genetic mutation that makes the back part of his brain. You know, not work well. Um, so he's a ataxic. So lack of balance and coordination. So the most basic of movements, um, he struggles with. Um, you know, eating and, and moving around and drawing and coloring and, and things like that. Uh, There's some of the things that we all take for granted. Um, and so he's been my absolute inspiration over the last many, many, many years. I, I can't imagine getting up in in the morning, knowing very well I can I can use my body, um, and I don't. To its fullest, because I, I, I see him and I see his struggles every single day. And I just know at the end of every single one of my runs, when 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 I'm struggling, when when it's when it when it becomes hard, I, 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 I look at my son, Sam, and I think if he could do what his dad could do, he would never stop. Um, but he he can't. And and that's and that's why I won't either.
1: So that was Dave Proctor a couple of months ago, and uh, that that's uh, an incredible uh, story and uh, little vignette of of uh, what his son Sam is like uh, as a person. And so to follow up on that story, and uh, look, I'm going to be honest with you here as we bring Dave in. It's not an entirely uh, happy story in in terms of what Dave was trying to do, but he's still trying to do it. Uh, Dave, you're back on with Reed Wilkins. Thanks for making time for me, sir. Hey, Reed. How are you doing? I am. I'm doing very well. it, it is great to catch up with you. I, I I know we both wish, and it's a lot more personal for you that the circumstances were a, a little different. Uh, but but I still view this as a very positive story, and and I, and I hope you're starting to feel that way too. D- Dave, I'll let you put it in your own words. Just give people the Cole's notes of uh, of what you were. We we kind of gave them the why you were trying to do it. What were you trying to do?
0: Well, we were trying to do two things. Uh, we were trying to break the Trans Canadian speed records so for the fastest crossing of of Canada on foot, um, but we were also trying to raise over a million dollars for the Rare Disease Foundation. And so, so my journey started uh, on June twenty seventh back in Victoria, and I dipped my my cowboy hat—that's that's the, the hat I run in—and I dipped it in uh, in the ocean, and I started running. And um, you know, the first six or seven days were hard. It was it was hard to get into a groove. Um, but right when I got into that groove, I was kind of maybe going over the Rogers Pass, and 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 things really started opening up. My my running became you know a lot better. Um, I, I started you know, elongating my days a little bit, and, and and things started feeling quite good. By the time I hit the the Alberta border and then the Saskatchewan border, I was I was I was on on pace for the, the Trans Canadian speed record. So I was running about one hundred and five, one hundred and ten kilometers a day on average. Um, and, you know, I know it sounds ridiculous, but things start getting a little bit easier. The body starts adapting to, to kind of what you what you want it what, what to do. But um, the lurking underneath uh, the, kind of the, the weeds was um, a herniated disc that I've had in my back since, since, since day one of, of starting in Victoria. And um, by the time that I hit the Saskatchewan-Manitoba border, it really started bothering me while I was running. It wasn't bothering me while I was running when I was when I was earlier in my, my run, but it really started bothering me. So I ended up in a hospital in Brandon, and I uh, got an MRI, and it gave me some pretty bad news, and talked to a bunch of uh, medical professionals, and they, they said, e- it's really, really borderline. Yeah, we, we would They would suggest that I don't run, but... You like most ultra marathoners, and we're a stubborn group. And I decided to keep going. Now the mileage started going from hundred kilometers down to eighty, down to sixty, down to you even dropped down to, to twenty and, and fifteen kilometers. And and on the final day, I was I was just on the east side of Winnipeg, and um, boy, a lot of those red flags the medical professionals were telling me, yeah, if these things pop up, you stop. Um, I had about three or four of those red flags all at once, and, and they didn't go away. And so um, I told my team that I, I, I can't pull the plug. Um, I, I can't physically stop. Um, you know, I look at all the attention that we've been getting with the with the rare disease communities and, and all these you know, just average Canadians who are now talking about rare disease and the needs for more rare disease research. Our, our, our communications was excellent and perfect. Um, and I couldn't stop because... You know, I, I, I was looking ahead at what we haven't accomplished yet, and instead of looking back and seeing what we did accomplish, but my my wife talked to me one night and she said, "Dave, I know you can't make this decision for yourself. I need to make the decision for you, and I'm I'm pulling you from this." And um, I respect that decision. And here I am now, not running, uh, but continuing my journey east um, in in the RV, and. Um, yeah, our our, our journey uh, of the run ended just on the east side of Winnipeg.
1: Well, Dave, uh, I mean, well, let me ask you this: I mean, you must have been in an incredible amount of pain, though. I mean, you you must. Mm. I, I know the wife stepped in, but there must have been a part of your mind recognizing the the physical difficulty you were experiencing.
0: Oh, a- absolutely, no, no question. I mean, I, I've I've run through a lot of injuries and, and discomfort and pain before. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've been running ultramarathons for now probably twelve, thirteen years. And, um, you know, through tendinitises and, and even you know, fractures in my, in my bones, you, 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 can, you can hammer a bit miles still through, through that. I've never experienced any, any pain like this before in my life. This neurological pain, I, people with, with chronic or even acute neurological pain that runs down their legs, and, and it, it, it stops you in your tracks. It's, it's unrelenting. Um, I, I really don't know how people deal with this. I've never dealt with it before in my life.
1: Dave, how has uh, how has Sam reacted to everything?
0: You know, Sam, it, it was an interesting conversation I ended up had with Sam um, the, the the day that I decided to stop, and I ended up cuddling with him at night, and, and um, I told him that I was really sorry and that I really wanted to do this for him. I really wanted to to run across the country and 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 make life make life better for Sam and for other for other kids like him, and you know, just like any sweet nine year old boy, he said, Dad, it's okay. He said, you said you tried your hardest and you know, I, I remember broke into tears with him and, and um that was a really big healing moment because I really did feel like I let him down. Um but um yeah, you know, you're my, my, my guy. He, he he loves me just for, for being me and, and for trying my best and 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 I and I love that about him. I'm really not worried about him in life. He, he's a good guy.
1: Well Dave you know th- Thanks, thanks for sharing all this. First of all, I mean it's it's great how you've you've let people into your life, into your family's life, you know, in doing interviews like this, and, and through your run. And and I know, I mean, I texted you a couple of days ago, and I, I read some of those initial interviews you did when you you kind of first had to call it off. And I know there was one quote in, in an article online where you where you said, "I'm embarrassed." I I, yeah. I just really hope you don't feel that way anymore because I know people listening are are probably I don't want to speak for everybody but they're, they're probably like like me thinking what in the world does this guy have to be embarrassed about? I mean, he was trying to do something incredibly difficult. Uh, he still did. But I mean, if you're just worried about the physical accomplishment, you still did half of something that seems impossible to a lot of people. And like you said, you're you're still you're still uh, on the road to, to, to raise money for for kids and people uh, like Sam. So I, I just hope you don't feel embarrassed no. anymore.
0: Well, and, and at first I did, um, and and I, and I I still do to a degree, but you know, the amount of social media outpouring and, and, and private messages that I've been receiving from, from people I don't know or even members of, of the rare disease community you know, parents with, with kids with rare disease, um, telling me that, that you know, I, I should be so proud of, of the conversation that we've ended up starting with in Canada about rare disease because it really is the elephant in the middle of the room when it comes to um, research and, and 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 scientific discovery. Um, you know that's really lifted me up um another thing that's really really lifted me up reed is 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 right when i ended up stopping um me and my team we we ended up coming up with a we, we said you know what it's really impossible it's really very difficult to 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 get any type of momentum when it comes to charitable giving these days but once you get it it's really hard to give it up and so I, I we, we ended up having thousands and thousands of people following us on social media and and, and getting involved and, and hearing and having these conversations about Outrun Rare and, and my, my run across Canada and then of course, you know, the Rare Disease Foundation. And so I, I put it back onto Canadian runners and I said, you know, I, I put out this emotional plea when I when I ended up stopping and I said, you know, it breaks my heart to tell you that I'm that I'm stopping today, but I'm asking every single runner across Canada, not just runners, but, but walkers and, and, and cyclists and, 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 and anybody who can get a distance on their, on their own feet. Well, no, I guess not cyclists, but I ask them, you know, can you please complete this task for me? I've stopped in Winnipeg and we still need to get to St. John's. So what I, what I really need you to do is log your miles and you can donate your miles on our website on OutRunRare.com. And you can just click on the virtual, virtual run, and, and you can donate your miles and, and, and make, a, make a donation as well, too, at the same time. And, you know, I, I thought that, okay, maybe in a week or two, we're going to be able to get to St. John's. Maybe we're able to complete this task. But you know what the most amazing thing is, Reed? It only took us two hours to run all the way Uh-oh. from Winnipeg all the way to St. John's. And you know what we've done since? We've gone all the way back from St. John's all the way back to Victoria. Victoria back all the way to St. John's and we've done it, I believe, as of noon today, four and a half, 4.7 times we've traveled across Canada. Isn't that incredible? So
1: Wow, so this is just people since you stopped, whether yeah. they've gone out and done a 5k or a half marathon or whatever, adding yeah. those k's onto your k's and we've and gone back it. and forth. My God, that's
0: incredible. 4.7 times across Canada and that <laughs> just tells me that, you know, it's not necessarily about the run. It's, I'm a father of a child with a rare disease, and we have been in the void. We, we've been in the, the, the dark clouds for, for so long. People have the medical, the medical profession hasn't been paying attention to us. Governments haven't been, haven't been paying attention to us. They, they keep telling us, hey, you guys go stand over there, and we'll, we'll get around to you. We, we are the only developed country in the world that doesn't have a rare disease strategy moving forward. It's really quite sad in this country. And here, here are Canadians that are logging ten-kilometer walks, or five-kilometer runs, or, or twenty-kilometer runs, to the point that we've been able to travel across Canada four point seven times ever since ever since I've, we we've stopped. And, and 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 this campaign is is, is lasting up until um, August thirty first. So we've changed our campaign name from One Man sixty six Days seven thousand two hundred kilometers to One Country sixty six Days seven thousand two hundred kilometers. And I can guarantee you, we're going to be traveling way. Well, we've already traveled way past seven thousand two hundred kilometers, and I'm almost thinking we could probably travel seventy-two thousand kilometers. We could travel, probably cross Canada ten times.
1: I think you could. I think you could run around the equator. Sounds like where this is where this is headed. Amazing. Oh, how cool would that be? When, when did when did you actually stop, Dave? Was it Saturday?
0: It was uh, it was Saturday. Yeah, uh, no, I, I stopped on my last day of running was on the Friday. Was on yeah, the Friday. And I, made, okay. I made the announcement on, on Saturday early in the morning. So okay, it was only four four hours after that that we end up making it to
1: St. John's. Okay, so outrunrare So Saturday morning, Dave, because I got the Edmonton Half Marathon on August nineteenth. Oh, so my I, I did a I did a seventeen and a half k run Saturday morning as a tune up. So when yep. I get home tonight, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna because I did it after you stopped. So okay. I'm I'm going to yep. log mine on there, and then when Perfect. I run the half, I'll log the half as well. Now, now you yep. got to remember too, this is also about fundraising. You wanted to get to a million dollars, and you're at two hundred thousand dollars. So I, I think this is a time. To remember too, if people want to chip in with whatever five or fifty, or or a million, if they got it, want to just top it off.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we and we've made yeah, we've made it really quite easy with people. We've even set up a text to donate, so you could text rare um to to four five six seven eight um you can go to our website outrunrare.com and you can click on the donate now button or or you could donate your miles um and and what we're suggesting is if you go for a 10 kilometer run um donate ten dollars donate a dollar per kilometer and you know if we end up running um as far as we want to run that's a phenomenal amount of money that's but even even more important than that it's the messaging to all these rare families across Canada that have just not been getting the support for as long as they have and this messaging now is that Canadians all around Canada care and that rare matters and that, and that these families matter and and it, it brings it brings families a lot of hope believe me you I'm, I'm a father of a child with rare disease and that hope goes a long way
1: Dave uh, you're an absolute star when you come on this show uh i I mean it's called inside sports and and there's an incredible athletic angle to this but but i think uh the relationship with your your son the relationship with your family uh what you're trying to do for him and for other families and children or adults or whoever with rare diseases is is the real story it's absolutely incredible oh i gotta ask you one more thing what's going on in edmonton tomorrow
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. We almost Absolutely. forgot.
1: That's really important. Exactly.
0: We, we, we had too many things to talk about. So tomorrow uh, at uh, 7 p.m., uh, if, you, if you go on to Facebook and look up Edmonton Fun Run for Outrun Rare, um, there's going to be a, a fun run. And so you can go and get an Outrun Rare shirt. Um, I think entry is uh, $30 for, for, the, for the fun run. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're doing a fun run. Now, what what, what ended up happening in Calgary? Uh, about a month ago, was they end up doing a fun run. And we end up having 150 participants. But I believe there's 145 participants that are already registered in Edmonton. And so I'm from Calgary. And, and so I'm thinking, you know, there's got to be this really cool, healthy competition between Edmonton and Calgary. And, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool if Edmonton even doubled Calgary size? Well,
3: that I mean, would be
1: get,
0: good. Get 300 people out.
1: Okay, so, uh, so we go to Facebook. Sorry, what do they look up on Facebook again?
0: Uh, Edmonton Fun Run for Outrun Rare.
1: Okay, I'll find that too, and I'm going to tweet out some uh, some links for how people. can oh, help. But you're, but you're still moving, so we don't get to meet you in person tomorrow. You're still moving east, but yeah, uh, I'm still moving
0: east. I've, I've got a I've got a, a Staples event where we're doing a, a you know a um, an awareness campaign and fundraising event here in Thunder Bay.
1: Okay. Dave, thanks so much for coming on. This we're, we're, this will not be the last time you're on the show. Uh, maybe we'll oh. just bring you on and talk Edmonton-Calgary rivalries or other running stories or see how Sam is doing. we will we'll have you on again. Thanks for making uh, time it, for us. No, thank you very much. All the best. Yeah, bye-bye. That is Dave Proctor checking in tonight inside sports on six thirty. Chad, wow, that I uh, love talking to Dave. Uh, I mean, I think you can just hear the energy and emotion in his voice when when he's talking about his nine year old son Sam, who has uh, like, I mean, you have a better chance of winning the lottery about a hundred times than you than you do of having the disease uh, Recca. You heard Dave uh, sum it up in that interview we played from a previous show. Uh, you have a better chance of winning the lottery a hundred times than than you do of being born with this disease. So Dave's fighting that. He's fighting for other families who are who are, uh, you know, faced with these uh, challenges. And, and, and Dave told it a lot the first time he was on the show about that uncertainty and, and the, the literal years they spent searching to find a, find out what exactly was wrong with Sam and what might happen to him and how they could best help him. Sam's mobility is limited as, as a result of what he has. And, uh, and Dave's isn't, despite the injury that he has. It's a little limited right now, uh, but Dave's isn't. So he says, how can I not do the max with my body because these are things Sam wishes he can do and I can do them. So I'm going to do them. So that that's what spurred him on this run. Uh, text to 63630. Jeff from Red Deer says and Not all heroes wear capes. Some wear running shoes. Dave, you are an inspiration and make me a prouder Canadian. The Big L says Reed, that was interesting at the start of your interview. Dave says it was hard to get into a groove the first six or seven days. Many years and pounds ago, I was a distance runner. Now I find it hard to get into a groove after six or seven minutes. Dave's desire to make life better for his son is a true testimony of endurance and paternal love. And that goes infinitely beyond the literal distance he ran. He's incredibly humble and steadfast. Well, no doubt about that. And uh, I, I just love that that story for so many angles. Uh, I mean, if he just decided to get up and break the speed record for running across Canada with, uh, with uh, you know, he had to average about 108K a day, that in itself is a story. And, and you tie in everything with his son, Sam, and, and things you're trying to do. Uh, so, again, you can go to uh, Facebook. If you want to run tomorrow... Uh, it's at 7 o'clock. Uh, I'll run on the Facebook here and tweet out the link, and uh, he also said you can go to outrunrare.com. You can text Rare to 45678 if you want to make a donation. He's still going for that $1 million goal. He's uh, not going to be able to complete the speed record. Not now. It wouldn't surprise me if he's tried it again as soon as he can.
0: Your home for breaking news and expert opinion inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right. So that,
1: that uh, run tomorrow, the uh, fun run, for uh, outrun rare is in Horlick Park starts at seven. I uh, tweeted out on my Reed Wilkins account the uh, Facebook link there so you can find out a little more. And Dave, who is uh, from Southern Alberta, saying, uh, "Hey Edmonton, let's get out more people than uh, we had in Calgary. We're almost there." And I was just looking on the website too, how you can donate your uh, kilometers from any runs you have done. As uh, Dave said in the interview, he had to he had to stop on Friday because of injuries going across the country and he thought, well, maybe you know, by the end of August I can get enough people to throw in their Ks to complete going across Canada. Well, in just three days, people have donated enough Ks to go 4.7 times across Canada, and you can keep donating uh, as part of the virtual run until the end of the month, and uh, Dave's still hoping to reach his $1 million fundraising goal, too. Awesome to have Dave Proctor on the show, OutRunRare.com, if you want to read more yourself, or just Google Dave Proctor PR. O C T O R, and you'll find tons of stories about them there too. Wow, that was great. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. Mike Riley is a CFL Player of the Week, over 400 yards against the Alouettes. He and the Eskimos will host Saskatchewan on Thursday, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off, and the game will begin at 8. Morley, Dave, Blake, Brendan, all part of our broadcast crew, they will have the call. On Thursday, it'll be round one of the Oil Country Championship at the Petroleum Club. And one of the guys teeing it up this year, Danny Saul. Danny, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, I will say a, a long overdue appearance for you on the show. So glad to finally uh, finally connect with you. Now, did you play today in the Celebrity Pro-Am? No, actually, I took the
3: day off. I practiced a bit. I just got back from Scotland um, working for in the Senior British Open. So I was a little jet lagged, so I had a late start to my day, and I... Um, got a little practice in this afternoon out there.
1: Okay, perfect. Well, I'll ask you about uh the, the the Scotland trip too as we move along here. A lot lot I want to catch up with, but uh you know, for you being able to uh to, to play in this tournament, I don't know how well you know the Petroleum Club, but uh just what do you expect from the the course this weekend?
3: Um for what I've seen of it looks really good shape. I know they had a bad winter out there, but um you know, I I I played there I don't know, 20 years ago, I think I had the course record out there at 65. Okay, but I strong. I imagine it's going to get broken this week, this uh, week for sure, with all these young kids coming out of college and playing well.
1: Well, we had Will Bateman on the show on Friday, and he thinks twenty under is going to win the tournament. So, yeah, you are going to have to have a sixty three or a sixty four in there, uh, in there for sure. Uh, Danny, let's uh, let let's get your story out there a, a little bit because uh, I want to hear it in your own words. So, weren't you where you born? You were born in Saskatchewan, but you wound up in Sherwood Park. Yeah,
3: that's correct. I was born in Moose Jaw and uh, moved here. Family moved here when I was uh, about ten years old. So I grew up at Sher Park playing out, out at the Broadmoor Golf Club and was there and uh, kind of just lived there till college and you know went down to school for for college and then actually now I mostly live in uh, Florida.
1: Okay, awesome. So so you you're you're, you're well traveled uh, thanks yeah, to I you am. thanks to your your golf career. Uh what what was and, and look I would you kind of describe okay, I'll ask you this Danny. And maybe maybe it's not a one-word answer. Would you now describe yourself as a golfer or a caddy, or is that too hard to answer? <laughs>
3: no, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've obviously my golf career is taking a taking a hold right now, I'm taking a step back, and I've been focusing my you know my attention on caddying for VJ on the Champions Tour and the regular tour. So it's you know it's something i'm doing and i still enjoy playing i actually i feel like my game is just as good now as it was probably five six years ago when i was grinding trying to make a paycheck so it's funny how it works when there's no pressure on you to make any money you you feel like your game my game's improved
1: what uh what started you onto the path to to caddying and and was that a hard decision to make
3: well i just i don't know how i i kind of just fell into it i mean It all kind of started back in 2003. I caddied for my college teammate, Ben Curtis, and he won the British Open that year. Unfortunately, I didn't go over with him, but that's another story. Um, And I just so I had a little experience there. And, you know, things weren't going great. And actually, granted, a Mike Weir down in Florida, I wasn't sure if I was going to continue playing or what. um, And he asked me to caddy for him, so that's how that came about. And... So I got my foot in the door, which it's a, it's a tough thing to get into. You know, there's only so many caddies, obviously, only so many players making the tour. So it's, for me, not being at the top playing, it was the next best thing. So I figured I could use my knowledge as a player, um, my experiences playing tournaments, with, you know, um, and use that to make a career caddying.
1: And when did you uh, transition from weird to Sing? I did that last year. Um, I,
3: I worked for Weir a little bit at the beginning of the year, and then I started playing myself again for a little bit. I was trying to chase the web and do some Monday qualifying. And actually, the guy that introduced me to Weir was my putting coach. He actually recommended me to work for VJ. So I got a phone call from him, and that's kind of how it came about, uh, catting for Vijay uh, last year in May.
1: Okay. Danny Saul joining us on Inside Sports. He's going to play in the Oil Country Championship at the Petroleum Club. And uh, as he's been telling you, he caddies for Vijay Singh. Uh, I, I mean, look, I got to ask this because there have been, and I, I've always liked watching Vijay. I, uh, what is he? you got three majors, I want to say? Is it two PGAs yeah, yeah. and a master's? Uh, right. I, he's, he's a guy I always. I always kind of pulled for, unfortunately for him, there've been a couple times in his career where he got some, some negative press. Uh, what, what, what's he like as a guy once you actually get to know him a bit?
3: You know, in front of his colleagues, everybody loves DJ. I mean, he is a guy's guy. He, he works very hard in his golf game. That's, that's what he loves to do. And got, you know, players come up and ask him for advice and stuff. He's willing it to give. you know, he's willing to give it. And, He's just a really good guy. Like he, if you're in his, if you're in his team or your, his corner, he's going to take care of you. What's so.
1: it What's it like when you when you go to him? He's an established golfer. He's a successful golfer. Um, how long did it take you to figure out what he wants you to say or not say during a round?
3: Uh, you just kind of learn as you go. Um, he tells you. He'll tell you what he wants, and that's it. So you, you know, he. Like I, I played a couple rounds. He didn't know where I could really play or not. So I went out one day and played with him, and I shot 64 on him. So he, oh. so he, right there, he kind of respected me a little bit more as far as letting me um, have some ideas and you know and take charge on some on some caddy and tips and whatnot out there. So he, you know, I got I, I earned his respect, and um, and obviously we made a good team. We've won twice this year already, and. He's uh he's in the running for the Schwab Cup for sure.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. If you shoot, if a guy sees, sees you shoot a sixty four, I think his respect level it's going to go up quite a bit. What well, was he fourteenth in the Senior British? Tied for was he tied for fourteenth?
3: Yeah, he tied for fourteenth. He didn't have a good weekend, um, but really, the the best stat all week is that he only hit one bunker the whole week.
1: And this was at so, St Andrews, wasn't it?
3: At St Andrews. So, and actually, it was a good shot. He just he hit five yards past the hole and it bounced over into the bunker. So other than that, if he put it a little bit better, a little tidier around the greens, he uh, I, I honestly thought he, he should have won
1: it. Yeah. What's it... Uh, what? What's, did you have any previous experience at St. Andrews, Danny?
3: No, I've never been over to Europe. Or, oh, wow. So, so for me, it was kind of... Like that golf course is plays tricks on your eyes. It's, it's totally different than what I've, I've ever experienced. So I was kind of... I didn't say too much. I, I just let him pick his lines. I was very just kind of general and just just tell him to commit to a line. And you know, it's when it's blowing forty mile an hour, it's tough to club a guy.
1: Oh geez. So
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it, we we experienced a little bit of everything that week. Um, you know, it was hot and sunny, and then it turned to windy, rain sideways. So it, it was t- it was actually tough to caddy. You were just kind of there for support try to keep the clubs dry as you can and just be there for him. So it was a really good experience.
1: I got to ask you about the, the roller hole Danny. I mean, I've, I've only seen it on TV. How much of the hotel are you actually aiming over on that tee shot on 17?
3: Well, there's, it is probably about 40 yards, eh, about 30 yards wide and you're hitting over the corner. And it, it like during the regular British open, They grow the rough on the left-hand side, so you really have to kind of cut it off that off the building there, um, because it's a blind tee shot. But you know, for this, I don't know, for the Senior British Open, they didn't have any rough there, so you didn't have to take it as far right as you as you previously needed to. But the hole, the second shot was directly into the wind, so (laughs) we hit the road twice last week. So I was, uh, I got to experience him putting it off the off the road onto the green. He ended up playing the whole two over par for the week, so it was, you know, it was, it was it was a tough hole for sure coming in.
1: Yeah, and it's pretty long too, isn't it? Plus into the wind.
3: Yeah, it's about. Uh, actually, I got the book right here. Off, it it is.
1: Let's see here. This is great. So my
3: book's my book's still drying out. <laughs> it's so wet. The paper.
1: Uh,
3: the hole. Is four hundred and fifty-one yards.
1: Okay, so for...
3: so, but it the, the Lynx golf it, it just the ball rolls so far there, it's unbelievable. It it'll it'll roll 150 yards. Sometime. No way! If you catch the right, oh yeah, there's oh. a hole. there's a whole. There's a whole um, we played with Tom Watson the third round, which was pretty special, because the guys won five times over there. So he the holes 414 yards, and Tom Watson hit his tee shot right. And so he had to go back to the tee and hit another one, and he actually drove the green. Oh. 414 yards. Tom Watson, 60, 67 years old. So I mean, it's the golf over there is just totally different. You got to keep the ball on the ground, and it rolls. And you get bad bounces, and I don't know. It's it's very neat.
1: So Watson still had a putt for par, even though he lost the ball off the tee.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's amazing! Uh, well, Danny, thanks for making time to, to come on the show. I I, I love talking golf. Uh, as, as I I describe myself as a persistent yet terrible golfer. Uh, <laughs> let, let me let me ask you this: uh, What what is what advice would you give? I, I I don't even know if you can fathom what it's like to be a twenty handicapper like me. But what's What's your best advice for guys who play, guys or girls who play uh, once or twice a week? They're they're a little up or down. Uh, they're not always sure what they're going to do <laughs> when the club hits the ball. What what, what 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 would your advice to be for the the golfers who are just trying to get the most out of the game that they can, but the, their paycheck doesn't depend on it?
3: Well, I think just well, uh, I think just course management. You know, everybody can kind of hit the ball and get it out there. But if you can just minimize the mistakes. And if you don't play a lot, I guess if you can somehow use your short game, make putts. I mean, at the end of the day, at any level, the short game, the putting is where you score at any level. So that, that's what it boils down to. So it's not necessarily important off the tee, but it's, you know, just try to manage your game and make as many putts
1: as you can. All right. Well, Danny, I'm going to remember that when I'm out there in a couple of days, okay? <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for checking in tonight. Uh, I know you've had a busy schedule, so I appreciate you made time for us on Inside Sports. I know fans loved hearing from you. And all the best at the Oil Country Championship.
3: I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having me on the show. That is Danny Salt checking in. So, uh, back from caddying for Vijay Singh at the old course at St. Andrews in the senior British Open and uh, getting ready to rock. He'll tee it up in the World Country Championship on Thursday at the Petroleum Crop. Man, some fun interviews on the show tonight. You heard from Dave Proctor, at OutRunRare.com. We had Kwaku Boateng on the show from your Edmonton Eskimos. Five sacks in the last two games. He's on fire. <laughs>
0: This is Ryan Dijon Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio
2: 630 Chad.
1: Okay. Right. Like you're- Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Eskimos game coming up on Thursday. So we won't have a show. We'll have something even better live football. Six o'clock for the countdown to kickoff. Game starts at eight. Eskimos will entertain the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Eskimos at four and two. Riders sitting at three and three. I know the Riders are scheduled to uh, do a media availability around three o'clock tomorrow so uh, we plan to have some comments from their head coach former Eskimos head coach Chris Jones on the show tomorrow night that great to catch up with Danny Saul doing great as a caddy still playing very well he's gonna tee it up at the World Country Championship ultra marathoner Dave Proctor who uh, I, I mean that that is uh, a texture said it earlier not all heroes wear capes this one wears running shoes and uh, awesome didn't didn't make it all the way across the country but uh, I mean, he's basically running over 100K a day and raising money f- to uh, fight rare disease. So awesome stuff there. The World Country Championship had its Celebrity Pro-Am today. Cam Talbot, Oilers goaltender, one of the celebrities teeing it up, and uh, he was asked about the new
2: coaches joining the Oilers staff. Anytime you bring in some new voices, they're going to bring up uh, maybe you know things that they've seen playing against us, and, and a guy like that uh, obviously he's been in Anaheim and saw us a lot, so um, obviously he knows our, our system, what we've been able to do, and our personnel. So, um, yeah, anytime you bring in guys like that, that kind of already know the team, they've scouted us, um, they obviously bring a different outlook on things. So, um, I think that we did. Uh, The job and and the guys that we brought in and uh, you know I'm looking forward to working with them. Five of the last six years that Trent Yanni has been an NHL coach. His team's about a top five penalty killing unit in the NHL. From February on, there were some changes made with your penalty killing unit. All you needed to do was watch who was running it during practice. But your PK unit was good and your numbers coincided with that and went up and and goalie has to be your best penalty killing but were you seeing a different looking penalty killing unit down the stretch and given yanni's success does that in that role does that have you excited maybe about what you could group could do especially given that you guys assigned kyle Brodziak and tobias reader two guys that can kill penalties yeah i think that's going to be huge like i said we we brought in some some big acquisitions in, in roles that we really needed to fill and i think that those guys are going to fill them exceptionally well um and as far as a guy like Trent is concerned, I actually had a conversation with him on the phone. He called and introduced himself and, and said that PK was one of his main focuses. So I'm really excited to, to see what kind of um, tactical things that he can bring to, you know, to get us to that top five where we want to be. Oilers now
1: host Bob Stoffer talking with Cam Talbot earlier today, and uh, you can get more with Bob tomorrow from noon to 2 here on 630 Chad Inside Sports, of course, has a podcast you can find on iTunes if you would like to subscribe, or if you miss anything, you can simply go to 630Chet.com, go to the show page. We have all the audio archived there. Kellen, thanks, buddy. That was a fun show. It was a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. That is Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer, and the producer of the program is the one and only Dave Campbell. All Alright, we're back tomorrow night. We'll have more to set up the Eskimos and the Rough Riders, going to be another fun one. We'll give away more passes to golf at the ranch as well. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Have a great rest of your evening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.